word this morning. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet in Jesus' name. Turn in your Bibles to Numbers, chapter number 11. I almost said the gospel of Numbers. I guess it is the gospel of Numbers. That number took you full. Numbers, chapter number 11 in your Old Testament, say the Bible.
BC and our God's presence. A couple of weeks ago, we kicked off our series entitled Thankful. In week one, we explored the power of a thankful life. We talked about the benefits of living a life of gratitude. Last week, we talked about being thankful in all things, and we built that, rest, that message around the election of 2016. And that no matter what happens, that we need to exhibit an attitude of gratitude. And primarily, we, we do that because we understand that God is definitely in control. Now, we don't say that as a, as just as a, a way of a, just kind of a cliche, but we really do believe that God is sovereignly in control. And if we believe that God is in control, that means there's nothing that comes across his desk without him first having to stamp it. And so today we're going to continue uh, with this series right ahead of Thanksgiving. It's entitled, I Won't Complain. I understand, and I think if we're all really honest about this, we naturally, we are a complaining people. It's part of the sin nature that we inherited from Adam and Eve, that naturally when things don't go our way, we have a tendency to default to complaining. But one of the things I want us to understand as we move forward, that, and that is that God just doesn't like complaining. He just doesn't like it. As I studied the Word of God, and I studied, I've been reading this book for some, intently for some 26 years, over and over and over again, you find scriptures that call us to be grateful and to be thankful. And we see that God does not like it when we complain, because primarily when we complain, it shows a lack of faith. Sometimes it demonstrates that we don't, we're not really trusting what God is doing in our lives. But what we must understand is that having a heart of gratitude and being thankful, not complaining, it's, it's, it's not a suggestion. It's a command. Complaining is a sin. Say that with me. Complaining is a sin. Let's say it again. Complaining is a sin. I bet you today that we will step on some toes today. But my prayer today is that instead of pointing the finger and thinking about somebody else or trying to divert, that we just really allow the Holy Spirit to bring us into an attitude where we're always flowing from a place of gratitude. I mean, that God always wants that steady stream of grace flowing through your life, that wherever you go, wherever you do, whatever you're experiencing in life, there's an air of thanksgiving that resonates from your life. Amen. That whoever Amen. comes into contact with you, no matter what you're experiencing in life, they can walk away saying, you know, they have some, I don't understand it, I don't know why, but, but I just never hear this person complain. Anybody know folk like that? Just, I, I, you know, I, they just don't complain about nothing. They just always trust and believe that God is going to make a way somehow. Yeah. The Bible says that all things work together for good for those who love God and for those who are called according to his purpose. So when we maintain a heart of gratitude and thanksgiving, not one of complaining, it alerts God that we take nothing for granted. 
saying, we're saying, God, I know that this situation may not be exactly what I wanted. It's not what I expected. It's not even what I prayed for. But God, I am going to be thankful anyhow because I know that my daddy is doing something that is amazing and is incredible. And, and let me remind you, your life is not an accident. Your mom and dad might have thought, might have not have planned for you to be here, but look at your neighbor and say, you're not an accident. God saw this day coming. Complaining, by the way, uh, let me add, it doesn't move heaven. Complaining never moves heaven. Well, in fact, I've come to find out that if you want to shortchange your blessing real quick, start with complaining. If you start complaining, I'm telling you right now, heaven shuts down. Boom. Nothing has happened. Your prayers would be like hitting the ceiling because, because God don't like it when we, when we complain. I mean, think about all that the stuff that the children of Israel went through. And, and we're going to talk about that here in a moment. But all the challenges and all the stuff that God brought them through. And they still found themselves in a situation where they're just like, I'm upset. I'm mad. And I'm going to show you today that we are just like them. Well, if that was me, and I saw that red sea, if I saw what all the miracles God did, boy, if that was me, know that boy, I would be grateful. What's the matter with those people? just like them in so many ways. Philippians chapter 2 verses 14 through 16. So let's go ahead and dive in. The Bible says, like this verse, do all things without complaining and disputing. I, I like this because yeah, what does all mean? All. You know, you know we, we see something in the Bible that we don't really like this kind of because because immediately, this kind of drums up some thoughts. You start, you start thinking about certain things in your life. You have these pictures. And then you're trying to fit this verse in. So what you want to do is you want to go grab the Greek and the Hebrew. I need to study that word all. Perhaps that word don't really mean all. Perhaps it, be, perhaps it means something else. And, and Because we don't really like it. Because God, are you really telling me to do all? All. Everybody say all. All, all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation watch this among whom you shine as lights in the world holding fast the word of life so that I may rejoice Paul saying I, I want to rejoice I've been sowing it to you I've been spending time with you, and, and, and I want to make sure that all the work that I put in, he said, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. Complaining and disputing. Complaining, I did a brief study of the word, it is to express discontent, to crumble, to sigh, to groan. It's intense, it's excessive grumblings that are in private to express a deep satisfaction. Disputing in the Greek language is to argue, to quarrel, to be hostile, to protest, to dissent, to struggle against. Now Paul says, do all things without all of that. 
How do you know that a Christian is not supposed to be a whiner and a complainer? That no matter what you're experiencing, and I know some of you are experiencing some tough things in your life right now, but God is saying to you that while you're going through all that you're going through, bad relationships, financial problems, hardships, you name it, whatever it is, he says, I want you to do all that stuff. Whatever you do, whatever you get involved in, I want you to have a heart of gratitude. I want you to be thankful. I don't want you to be screaming. I don't want you to be yelling. I don't want you to be walking around telling everybody just how bad it all is and why are they complaining and why are they complaining. I mean, no, God don't like it. Everybody say amen. See, Bible, see, how do you know the Bible? This is why the Bible says in Colossians, do all things as unto the Lord and not to men. So if your attitude is, God, I'm serving you. I don't like this one bit. But God, I'm not going to complain. I'm going I'm, to, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to, for lack of better words, I'm going to man up, Lord, and I'm going to have a high gratitude. Doesn't mean I'm not going to pray for change. Doesn't mean that I'm not going to strive for better. It doesn't mean that. But what it means is, as I'm going through it, I'm trusting God with a heart of gratitude. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning, church? Amen. He says, now watch this, that you may become blameless. Look at this. This is so important. And harmless in a crooked generation. This is important. So here's what, here's what Paul seems to be indicating here, that complaining and disputing leads to all other kinds of sins. You know, once you start complaining, then, you know, then anger can come in, jealousy can come in, violence can come in, you know, you get mad, you know, you start complaining, you start complaining, you get mad, all greed starts to settle in. And, and, in other words, Paul was saying, look, I, I, I want you to do everything that you do, I don't want you to complain, I don't want you to be, uh, I, I don't want you to be disputing, but I want you to have an attitude of gratitude because every time we complain and we murmur, we give the enemy a chance to blaspheme. Y'all remember Job said when, when everything was taken from him? He said, Lord, give it, the Lord take it. Blessed be the name of our Lord. You see, that was a blessed attitude. An attitude that said, yeah, everything right in some of you right now, I, I know, I know, same it, I understand it. But that doesn't mean that our attitude need to be one that is negative. A complaining attitude. Now watch this. So we need to maintain a great attitude no matter what because, watch this, you shine as lights in the world. Watch this. So I want you to think about your, your spheres of influence. That when you're in an environment and you start complaining outwardly, Complain about this. I don't like work. Complain about nine o'clock. Complain about your boss. Complain about this. Complain about that. You know, I want you to understand there are other folks that are listening to you. And they are here. Now, now, now you're the same person that asked God for the job in the first place. You prayed and said, God, move. I need money. I need now all of a sudden you you really you don't like the kind of job that God gave you. Because I, I like the money, perhaps, but I didn't respect all of this. And so what happens is you go in an environment and you start complaining. And watch this, you are just like everybody else who have no relationship with God. 
Amen. Paul says that you shine as light in the world. So what people need to see is, is that they need to see you not complaining that when everybody else around you start yelling and screaming about how they don't like this or how they don't like that, they see little old you over there just saying, Lord, I just thank you that I got a job. God, I thank you that I got a car that I can sit at 95. Come on, somebody. God, God, I thank you for my health. God, I, I, God, listen, I, it's not necessarily what I want, but God, I thank you anyhow. You see, how many know that this is what God wants? Because you're shining in the light. And when people see that you're not complaining like everybody else, all of a sudden you look different. You smell different. People look at you and say, how come won't you just come and join the crowd? No, I'm not joining the crowd, you understand? Because, because see, I, I, I serve, I, I, I'm in a higher place. I serve a God who's pulling strings for me in my life. I'm serving a God who said that he would never leave me nor forsake me. I'm serving a God where he says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I serve a God who hears my prayers and he hears my cry. So I can't complain. Oh, no, I will. Look at them and say, I won't. Look at that. I won't complain. This is what God expects. And the enemy wants you to be just like everybody else because when you complain, all God hears is, you don't trust me. You don't really believe me. See, when you complain horizontally, it ricochets vertically. It goes here, up here. You're thinking you're talking at this level to things and the people around, but, but that thing is bouncing off and God is He's hearing it. So every time God hears that complaining, he hears this. You don't trust me. You don't believe me. I'll show you in a moment how the children of Israel, in fact, let's go there now. Children of Israel, you know, they, they were in bondage for over 400 years. They were in a very difficult place. It seemed like that the, the longer they stayed, the harder they got. Anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Man, you just keep praying. It seems like the more you pray, the what? The harder it gets. And boy, you're sitting there like, Lord, what's up? God, it's, I'm doing all the right stuff. I'm mean, going to church. I'm believing you. I'm giving. I'm loving. I'm caring. I'm forgiving. God, I'm doing all of this stuff. And, and, and God, how come it ain't getting no better? Hold on, would ya? I mean, what God is working. Children of Israel. Cried out to God. God, every day they would be their taskmasters was on their back. Life was hard and it was difficult. And now, God, please deliver us. God, this is hard. God, have mercy. And they cried and they cried. And then God sent Moses, their leader, to come and to lead them out. Find themselves. All they're going through the, through the desert and they come up to the Red Sea. Children of Israel, they see that Egyptian soldiers on their back and they see nothing but a red sea. In other words, how are we going to get out of this? And all of a sudden, God does a miraculous miracle. I mean, listen, church, act like you're hearing this for the first time. God opened the sea and made the ground dry so they can walk on it. Wow! I mean, you're talking miracle. You, man, you're talking, man, I don't know about you, but that, I could feast on that miracle for a lifetime. 
you know, after seeing something like that, no matter what I'm going through, everything, if I, even if I even want to think about doubting God, the first thing I'm going to think about, but wait a minute, that red sea, I, I never, I've been chewing on that thing. You would think that would keep me in a perpetual state of not complaining, having seen that. But no, man, they, you would think that they would have just been dancing and praising all the way to the promised land. <laughs> Oh, no, but they were, it didn't happen that way. I mean, they were going through some stuff. And so as we read this passage this morning, the first thing I, I want to highlight is it says there in verse number one, when we complain, first thing, God hears it. God hears it. He hears the whispers. He hears the, the loud ones. He hears the slick ones. The slick complaints. How you know God is aware? Now you understand something. That as the children of Israel was on a journey, how many know that you're on a journey too? Yeah. See, they were on a, 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 a physical journey toward the land of promise, what God had promised them. And how many know that you this morning, you are on a journey, a spiritual journey to your promised land. How many know God is leading you to someplace just like he's leading them? Amen. And amid all of that, the people start complaining about their situation. And, and let me say this. I know, I know. You, you think, they're complaining about the same things that we complain about today. What are they complaining about? They didn't like their conditions. Let me ask a question. Is anybody here don't like their conditions? You know what else they're complaining about? They didn't feel like they had enough. They wanted more. Has anybody in here ever been there? So, just like us, they, they, they were complaining about it, and here's the whole time God was hearing it. Now, I want you to understand something, because I, I'm, a, I'm a believer in prayer, and, and I know that we talk about praying a lot, because I really believe that it is the most powerful thing that we can do. But you not know that you can undermine your prayers when you have a heart, when you have a spirit of complaining. Perhaps your prayers are not being answered because you've been complaining too much and undermining your prayers with complaints. How many know that faith and complaining can't mix? Y'all yeah. hear what I'm saying? You, you got to make up your mind. You can't be halted between two places. You got to decide if you're going to walk in faith or you're going to complain. If you're going to walk in faith, you're going to believe God. Your attitude is going to be different. You're gonna, your, your talk is going to be different. Your walk is going to be different. Why? Because God is listening. And, God, and, and I know how we come into church, man, and I know how we want people to uh, think about us, but here's what I want you to understand. That God looks at your heart. God looked at the place. Look, how many know that God is in your secret places? Yes. There are no such things as secret places in the kingdom. In, in the sense that we can hide something. Or, yeah, you make can make me think one thing. But how many know that God sees and he responds and he does things according to our heart? Get that? So, so listen, every time you complain, watch this. Every, everybody say every time. Every time you complain, I want you to have this image in your, in your, in your this picture. I want you to see God kind of bent over like this. Every time. Secondly, when we complain, God gets angry about it. Help me with this. The people complain, right? Because how many of y'all think complaining is a serious thing? I mean, you probably do now, but let's, let's, let's just try to imagine it's not a sermon or a preacher. I know it. But 
we kind of we think about the worst sins. What would you put complaining up there? Class one, class two, kind of, you know, complaining ain't all that bad, right? Would you say that? I mean, you know, naturally speaking. Look at this. So when the people complain, it displeased the Lord. That's the first thing. God says, God didn't like it. It displeased God. But how many know that if it displeased God by then, it displeased God today? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, he may respond a little bit different because he's a God of grace and compassion, but God's feelings about complaining, it never changes. Because this was written so that we can all learn and, 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 and follow the pattern of righteousness. And it pleased the Lord, for the Lord heard it. And not only that, his anger was aroused. I mean, God just got, like, upset about it. Like, do you feel like, like saying, God, like, chill out, what's, what's, you know, I mean... His anger was aroused so that the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outskirts, some in the outskirts of the camp. In other words, God killed some of the folk. Fire came. Bang! Is anybody who's thinking like, that might be a little bit too harsh? But see, what it says, I want you to get, this is what God is saying. This is how God feels about the spirit of complaining. Could you imagine? That the fire came down from heaven every time we complain. Oh my God! How many of us be sitting? There? I mean, we ain't that many today. But how could, could you imagine? I mean, God, meet love again. I mean, I don't want no. God, it rained again. It just rained. I'm sick and tired. Poof. God, I don't like the the preacher. He just taking too long. And he, not only that, he's stepping on my toes. So if you think about it, if every time we complain that the fire of God came down, I don't know about you, but boy, that, I, I, if, I, if I was a witness of that, if I was looking at the Solomon brothers complaining over there, and I saw that, boy, I'd have straightened up real quick. Oh yeah, oh God, I praise you. Yeah. I'm going to do some jumping to hallelujah, God. I'm hungry today, but that's okay, God. Give me whatever you wanted me to have. I'll take the nasty, but I'll take it all. I'll, I'll, I just don't want that. I mean, no, that couldn't have been a pretty sight. God got so angry and burned, set fire and consumed him. And all he tells us about this spirit of complaining and how God doesn't like it. I said before, he didn't like it then, and he don't like it now. Nothing good can come from complaining. Look at this. A third point, that when we complain, we invite others to join in. <laughs> How many know that complaining just continues? Yes. You ever notice like in an environment, man, and get one person, man, to break the ice? You know, somebody break the ice, somebody finally decide to step on out. They've been threatening for a long time, you know, it's been kind of brewing. You see it coming. All of a sudden, walk in, you know, boss said, oh, he ain't doing what he's supposed to be doing. You know, maybe we need to get us another ball. I mean, they're joking, but look at him. He da, da, da. And before you know it, it's, 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 it started with you. Then you got a, a somebody else came. Now somebody else came. Then all of a sudden, you know, everybody started joining in on the complaint. Uh, <laughs> I, I remember uh, when I first came on, uh, well, probably I was on the police department about maybe about four or five years, and and I've always wanted to be a major crime detective, you know, just robbery, homicide. And I always want so I'm, I'm, I'm all excited, so I get this temporary assignment. I wasn't permanently assigned yet, but I get this temporary assignment. 
And so I'm all excited because this criminal investigation bureau, we call it CIB, man, that was the place to be, man. I mean, it was like, for me, all I wanted to be was a detective, man. I wanted to be the guy with the suits, with the chill. I wanted to be the guy to come in and take over. I mean, this was amazing. And boy, I'm like, I was excited like a kid on Christmas Day. And boy, and I'm just, I get there, man, I see all these, these great detectives. I mean, I'm seeing interviews, I'm seeing, you know, these guys are smart, they're sharp. I'm like, man, this is, this is dope. And, and then there was this one guy who was assigned to the same squad that I was temporarily assigned to. Every day, and all of a sudden, he just started complaining. I mean, he told me the stuff about the department I never, I never saw. He's like, man, every day, man, he complained about the detective. He complained about the supervisor. He complained about the chief. He complained about the department. He complained about the commonwealth attorney. He complained, he complained. And every day I heard that, and all of a sudden, my joy started turning into sorrow. It's like, man, this business, man, this ain't all what it, And it was just because of one guy that kept saying that and complaining that it jumped on me. How many you know that when you start hearing people want to start complaining, you got to say, get away from me, get away, get off. I, I don't want that. Because I don't know. I, I'm just serious. Listen, I want to live a healthy life. Physically, spiritually, emotionally. I don't want no unhealthy, ungodly complaining. Because how many know that it will affect your life? It will affect everything. Look, you will, you will completely be in love with something. You will like it until you get the wrong person talking in your ear. Yeah. You didn't have a problem before. Now all of a sudden you got a problem with it. Why you, what happened? Somebody started complaining. Now how many know it spreads? Yep. So you got to be careful about that. I remember, oh gosh, should I even go here? Ah, it's Thanksgiving, I'm going there. So, I'm, I'm, on, I'm on the town of Dallas. I'm headed out to Dallas. Go ahead. I'll go ahead. Oh, so I'll leave y'all so, uh, <laughs> so, so, so we first got started. So folks start complaining. You know, this is like this is like there's a part one of Foundation Church and part two. So part one, these folks were, um, you know, people I loved. And, you know, they just they, you know, one person just got a little bit upset, bothered, and they start complaining. Just you know, and I wasn't that I was preaching bad doctrine. It wasn't that I was abusing the people. It wasn't that I was mishandling money. It wasn't that I'd done anything wrong. They just, they just didn't like the fact that I just wasn't moving fast enough and ordaining leaders and all, so all this. Anyway, so uh, all of a sudden, one person got upset and started complaining. I thought everything was good. Next thing I know, two or three people. And then all the blue, somebody called me. They said, hey, we want to meet with you. I'm thinking like one or two. It's like five or six, seven of them. And I'm sitting there looking like, and I'm hearing this stuff for the first time. Like, whoa, wow, ooh, wow. Look at this. Just, just coming at me. And, and then it got to a point that they started hurling things and saying things that weren't even true. I mean, stuff was coming out. I'm sitting there like scratching my head like, what, what was that? All because of one person who started complaining. You want your church feel? You want your seats feel? How many of you have complained to other people that come here that you know about stuff here? How many know it affects what God is trying to do? Yeah. You hear what I'm saying? Stop complaining. Look at David and say, stop complaining. Stop complaining. And then here's, here's, here's the fourth point. When we openly complain, it's hard to stop or change the atmosphere. Yeah. How many know that once that ball gets rolling, man, it's hard to rein that thing in? Because now that thing got legs on its own. Now, man, you, 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 could, you, could, 
could have very easily been the person that planted the seed, and that thing have grown. Now you are working in an environment of negative complaining. How many know that, that, that when you complain and you are in the environment, you, you're creating an environment that you say that you don't want? You reap what you want. Oh. What are you sowing? Maybe your environment is jacked up because you've been sowing it. Just a thought. So it's, I mean, it's hard to stop. So the good thing is just, just don't, don't, don't develop an attitude of complaining. If you, gotta, if, you gotta, if you wanna talk to somebody, I mean, know the scripture gives us clear ways how we're supposed to address issues. Yeah. Got a problem with somebody, I go directly to the person. Have a conversation and let's talk. Yeah. I don't need to get behind your back and slam you. Why, what's up with that? I mean, know that. That's basic Christianity. Yeah. We still got Christians that have been saved for 20 some years, still don't know how to go and sit down and have a conversation. Yeah. But all, I got to get, oh, how come we always got to get somebody else yeah. to bolster our point? Like you're supposed to be big and bad, but why are you over here whispering? Some of y'all, I'm sorry, I'm much Thanksgiving, so let me go back. Okay, be nice. But it, I mean, no, it's hard to stop. I'm trying to, I'm trying to, listen, the Holy Spirit said, don't, don't even start. This is why you don't want to do it. Number five, when we complain, the hand of the God's blessing is removed. You move all the way up to the point of the children of Israel that they were being blessed, and then all the time the blessing seemed to stall is when they started complaining. Are y'all hearing that? The blessing kept stalling every time they started, well, we don't like this, well, we don't like that. And boy, that's when God was like, oh, 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 all best of all, God just stop right there. Like, mm. Y'all already know how, how I many know complaining is a felony in the eyes of God. That's a class one felony. You know, felony is reserved for the most heinous of crimes, like murder. How many know God killed over complaining? Now, some of you are scared. I'm not saying that God's going to drop some fire on you. You know, everybody say, have mercy, Lord. But, but, but what I am saying, is, it, it just speaks to how God thinks about it, and it should make us pause before we start complaining about our circumstance. You know, I, I have to I have to check my spirit, you know, all the time, you know, because sometimes it's easy for me to fall into that just like you. I'm tired of doing this. I'm tired of doing it. I'm tired of sitting in the church. I'm tired of doing I'm tired. I'm tired. Let somebody else, blah, 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 blah. And you over here doing it. And the whole time, you know, God just, at that moment, you just, choop. it's like, it's like the brakes and the emergency brakes and everything stops. And you won't have to move on your behalf. That's why whatever you do, do it heartily. If you're going to do it, listen, if you're going to do it for God, then do it for God. Yeah. And look, and when you do it, God will bless you because you gave it 100%. As they say in sports, don't leave nothing on the field. That's right. Give it all. Give God your best. It, it, listen, it's bigger than me. If your eyes are locked on me, you're already in the wrong place. It ain't about me. It's about him. Are y'all hear what I'm saying? So I'm going to serve and do well, not because pastor said it, but because God demands it, he requires it, and he is worthy of my best. Yes. Mm. Number six, when we complain, oh boy, when we complain, we begin to loathe what he has already provided. Yep. Oh, here we go, watch. So the manner, now you would think, now I understand, remember, these are the folks that saw that. I, I keep thinking about that Red Sea. Is anybody with me? I mean, I keep thinking about that Red Sea, y'all. I mean, that's a major miracle. I mean, we ain't even talking about all the, the stuff he did in Egypt when he afflicted the Egyptians with all those plagues and get them out. 
These are the same people. They, they saw all that stuff. And then they gave their soul. Look, look at this. They said in verse number five and six, they said, then, then, now, now watch. All of a sudden they said, verse five, now we remember the fish. Now before, you remember, they wanted out of there. Am I right about it? They wanted out. They won't think about that fish when they were getting the flick. Oh, come on. Come on. People talking about it. Get me out of here, God. We remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt. And we remember the cucumbers, the watermelons, I mean, sorry, the melons, the, the, the leeks, the leeks. That's admittedly, the watermelon is the only sweet fruit you can find out there. All the other fruits, that's just me. Okay, I didn't get off of that. All right, so remember the fish which we ate freely in Egypt, the cucumbers, the melons, and the leeks, and the onions, and the garlic. All right, look at verse 6. But now, look at these jokers. Our whole being is dried up. I'm dying out here. Yeah. <laughs> you know, over, over dramatized. Boy, I'm about to die. You ain't dying, brother. You got food and water. You all right? You got food and bread. How many of bread and water will keep you alive? Right. Amen. Ah, we're dried up. We're dying. That's how we act sometimes in the spirit. Oh, God, I'm dying. You all right? Chill out. Over dramatized. You get on the drama. You start a drama ministry. You got so much going on. Who's that? But our whole being is dried up, and there is nothing at all except this now. That's all. That's this nasty. That manna was what God provided supernaturally from heaven. They said that's all we got is this manna. Right. But how many know that manna is manna? Is, see, your manna is God's supernatural provision for you. Yeah. See, how many know that you need to appreciate your manna? Yeah. See, what happened was they got comfortable. They got comfortable. See, don't despise your manna. See, your manna could be a part-time job that you don't like. Your manna could be a house or an apartment that's too small, but it's God's provision. Your manna could be public transportation because you don't have your own transportation, but that's your manna God's providing. Your manna might be the ungodly boss that you've been complaining about. Your manna could be that neighborhood that you don't like, but God had you there for right. See, that could be your manna. In other words, don't despise your manna because your manna represents God's provision. Amen. And if it's God's provision, then you need to be grateful. See, how many know that your manna is what God uses to stretch your faith? I hear what I'm saying. Oh, y'all, y'all, did y'all get that? Oh, your manna is what God uses to stretch your faith. You remember, they're on a journey. How do you know that you're on a journey too? You're on a journey to the promised land. And God, what God is doing in your life right now, he's preparing you for the blessing of the promise that he has for you. He's preparing you for eternity. So everything God does, how I many know there's no wasted moments in God? And so what God is doing, God is working in your life to a point that he wants, he got to wean you off of yourself. He got to wean you from your bank account. He got to, he got to, he got to, he got to wean you from trusting in your own power, in your own strength. And sometimes the only way God got to do it is he got to humble you and give you just a little bit so you can get by. But that's your manner. And your manner will keep you dependent on God. I mean, well, Lord, I want to. If you if you got a deficit in terms of trusting in God, man, welcome your man. Lord, Lord, whatever the man, Lord, I'm taking my Lord, Lord, give me your manner. Because how many know that, that God can give you any? How many know that, that with God, God wants you blessed? 
He told the children of Israel, he said, look, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, he kept saying, look, when your houses increase and you get blessed, and boy, and then, all the while, God took them through all that stuff, and he was setting them up. How do we know that you're being set up right now? Oh, y'all, y'all. So you're being set up, but your attitude got to be right. You got to know how to process the blessing when it comes. You got to have the right attitude when it comes, because if not, you'll take the blessing, as we said before, you'll run. Won't see you no more. See, when you don't appreciate your manner, you will choke on your meat that was intended to be a blessing. Right. Oh, watch it. Now look at, look at, going down. Y'all see in Numbers chapter 11? Yeah. Look at uh, verse number 32. So here he it is. So the children of Israel, they, what did they say? They said, we're sick and tired of paraphrasing. We're sick and we're tired of this manner. We won't stay. Filet <laughs> mignon. We want lasagna. We want Kentucky Fried Popeye's chicken. I don't want this bread. I'm tired of this wheat bread. I'm tired of this manna. I'm just, I want me some meat. Anybody here ever come? I want some meat. That's right. <laughs> but we want meat. Now, now you would think, now, how do we know that God, God gave me meat? But, but watch this. Look at y'all, y'all there verse number 32 and 33. Amen. And the people stayed up all that night. Watch this. And all night and all the next day. And they gathered the quail. Oh, that, that meat they were fearing about. And, and he, he who gathered least gathered ten homes. A lot. And they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. Boy, everybody got a boy, they got a meat party. They got a meat fat. Boy, they got so much meat. But watch this, verse 33. But while the meat was still between their teeth, before it was chewed, the wrath of the Lord was aroused against the people, and the Lord struck the people with a very great plague. Hold up, wait a minute. Stop. What up? I thought this was supposed to be a blessing. No. It choked. In other words, what was intended to be a blessing became their curse because they didn't appreciate their manner. They never learned the lesson God had for them the first time. See, if God wants you to learn how to appreciate your manner, see, if you don't learn how to do that, then you won't be able to process the meat that he wants to bring in your life. You'll choke on it. And that's what happened. They choked on it. That what you mentioned to be a, was meant to be a blessing. All of a sudden, God smote him with a plague. It's like God was saying, I'll give you meat. So sometimes God will give you stuff. Oh, come on, somebody. He, he give it to you not, not, not because he's going to bless you. He give it to you because you're hard-headed. You don't want to listen. So here's a here. Go ahead and take it. Have it. Have it. So look at your neighbor and say, I'm going to appreciate. Come on, look at your neighbor and say it. Preach with me. I'm going to appreciate my manner. I love my manner. Because my manna is my provision. And my provision is God's blessing. Okay? Don't complain about your manna no more. Cut it out. Stop tripping. Your manna might be a pinto. You used to have a car. You used to have a car called a pinto. Come sit back there. back there. I see you back there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the little bit. Your manner might be, I, I don't know, an old, beat up, whatever it might be, but that's your manner. Put, put on down the road in your manner. Give God the praise as you go. 
If that's my matter, I ain't going to complain. It's not, what I, it's not what I want. It's not what I expected. But this is my manner. God, I thank you for my manner. Let everybody else laugh at you, but you go on praising because one day that, that laugh going to turn to a, oh, wait a minute, well, how did you get that? Amen. What happened? Amen. Because your heart was in the right place and you knew how to appreciate your manner. All right, lastly, here we go. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 10. I'm going to read this real quick. Man, I, I got to get out of here. Okay. Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud. Now, Paul here is going all the way back to the challenges that the children of Israel went through. And what Paul wants to do in this particular verse, he, he really wants to show how that there's no real, there's no real difference between what they experienced and what you're experiencing today. That's why Paul wrote this particular passage. And watch, this is the context in which he says it. He said, Moreover, brethren, I do not want you to be unaware that our fathers were under the cloud, God's protection. How many know that we're under God's protection, just like them? All passed through the sea. All were baptized into Moses in the cloud of the sea. How many know we're all, we're all passing through? We've all been baptized into Christ, who is our leader. They all ate the same spiritual food, the word of God. All drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. How do you know that Christ is our source? He's our, he's our food and he is our spiritual drink. Amen. But with most of them, not, not a few, this is what gets me. But with most of them, God was not well pleased. For their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Everybody say bodies. bodies. Mm. Now these things became our examples. There it is. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters, watch this, as some of them, and it's written, the people sat down to eat and to drink and rose up to play. Watch this, verse 8, nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did, and in one day 23,000 failed. Watch this, nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed by the serpent. Now look at verse number 10. Nor complain. No, no, no. Look at this. Complaining is up there with lust, sexual immorality, idolatry, tempting God. It's, it's all up there. Look at it in, in the same category. He says, nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. These, he says, was written for our examples. This, 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 this stuff was written for us, for our examples, so that we don't follow the same pattern. We don't want to follow the same pattern of ingratitude. We don't want to be a complainer. God don't like it. He showed us that. So what is the cure? <coughs> the cure is, let's write this verse down. Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9. Whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, Excellent quality, that's what noble means. Whatever things are just, that means righteous. Whatever things are pure, that means wholesome, moral, moral, and sexually clean. Whatever things are lovely, lovely and beautiful. Whatever things are good, a good report, that means no bad rumors, no slander, no gossip. If there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, do it and God will be with us. Isn't that amazing? That's the cure. Paul said that I've learned that whatever state I am, in Philippians 
to be continued. That's it right there, right? Isn't that it? Can we figure out a way that whatever you find yourself in, I don't know where everybody, I don't know all what you're going through right now, but you need to find contentment in that. Not that you don't try to get better. Not that you don't pray for God to move. We do all of that. But, but Paul said, but there should be some kind of a, a, a of contentment that resonates from my life. That, that I'm not complaining. And I'm, I'm still grateful. And I'm not letting everybody else, you know, I'm not walking around being negative. I'm just, I mean, know that we need to speak faith. Yeah. Don't underestimate what you're praying and believing God for by saying stupid stuff out of your mouth. Don't pray and say, God, move and then go ahead and talk to her. Oh, God, I don't know. Come on, did you not just pray? Yeah. Did you not just pray? Yes. Then you need to speak all the time what you believe in God for. That's called faith. We have to do it. I'm going to leave you with this. This is how complaining affection. It steals your joy. It weighs you down with ingratitude. It consumes our thinking with negative thoughts. It, it poisons our spirit and it alienates other people from, from us. I don't, know, I don't know about you, but there's a whole lot of reason there today that we do not need to be a complaining folk. We're going to be grateful. We're going to be thankful. Amen? Amen. Come on, give Jesus a praise. Amen. Amen.